What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. And this is Danny. And together we're exploring the letter of Colossians. And we are the one to push. Knockout, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, uh, once again, hopefully by now, uh, as you're following along, we, we are now around chapter 2, verses 13. If you're following through yeah. sermons, Bible study, podcasts, we are covering verse yeah. by verse through it all. We are around chapter 2, verse 13. But I think 13 is a weird break, so we're going to go back to 11. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully now, by now, as you said, people are kind of in the rhythm of how we're doing this podcast, this series. Mm-hmm. And you're right, we're going to start with verse 11 because it talks about this idea of circumcision, right? Which is a, which is mm-hmm. a big topic in, in the Old Testament. And, and Paul, uh, Paul talks about it a lot whenever he, he, in his letters that he sends, because the Jews, they have become conditioned over a long period of time to believe that circumcision as a ritual made them better than other people, made them yes. more acceptable. They actually mm-hmm. used it as a sign of religious superior superiority mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the people at the time. So Paul was talking about that. And we know originally circumcision was a sign of the covenant between God and his chosen people, the Jews. And uh, that started with Abraham. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it is important that uh, we uh, go back to Abraham passage. Like, you know, a lot of us New Testament readers believe, we are Bible believers, right? But a lot of us spend a lot more time on the New Testament rather than the Old Testament. So sometimes we don't, don't, I'm not very familiar with some of this stuff, especially the word circumcision. We know what it is, is the surgery aspect of it and what it means for God, but we don't know what it means for God in the relationship with God and how that came about. So chapter 17, uh, God shows up to Abraham. His name was Abram still. Not mm-hmm. that chapter 17 is when his name changed from Abram to Abraham. God says, hey, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my guy. From you, many nations will come. From you, many kings will come. So I'm changing your name to Abraham. And then on verse 11, well, verse 10, verse 10 says this. Chapter 17 of Genesis, verse 10. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be signed of the covenant between me and you. So it was a sign of being part of the family of God. Circumcision is this public expression of a family's faith in God's rule. It is required for getting into the communion of the covenant with God. That's what uh, what the Jewish people said, like salvation kind of idea. It's like yeah. you want to get in, you, you know, you want to get in, you have to do this. It's not only be circumcised, the Jewish would think you have to be circumcised and while also obeying the Torah. So if you want to stay in the community, if you want to be part of this covenant of God that God made with Abraham, you have to do these two things, be circumcised and obey the Torah. Yeah, the, it was basically a sign of spiritual promise, yes, right? Yes. That, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, as you already kind of talked about it, you know, but but here we find that, you know, this 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 thing that the that they were holding on to, they were holding over the heads of these other individuals who were not part of the Jews. Were Gentiles. Yes. Yes. So so this guy, the, the philosophy, the Jewish practice that, uh, uh, that these people were 
uh, in putting on these new Gentiles who are coming to Jesus, this is not Judaism, to coming to Jesus, they were saying, well, for you to become a Christian, you have to first uh, uh, participate on, you got to become a Jewish person first. You got to be circumcised, you got to obey the Torah. The Torah is the, five, the, fa- the first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're like, you have to do this in order to uh, be in Christ. And Paul's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What of Paul's fights in the New Testament in his letters were to make sure people understood? You don't have to convert to Judaism to become a follower of Jesus. And it made sense that that was a big fight for him, right? Because he was the apostle to the Gentiles. Yes. So yes. here he is. He's he's representing this 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 side of people, this other side of creation that God had already which we talked about in the last podcast, was the mystery mm-hmm. that was kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. So here you have the, the chosen nation who God chose to, to do his redemptive work through, the Jews. They're, 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 they're kind of, this is like a new territory for them. And they're in their old ways of thinking it's a fleshly thing. But really, it was about the circumcision of the heart and at this point. And, and I think that's what, so when he says there in verse 11, in him you also were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And that's what he's meaning by circumcision of, the, of Christ. This renewing confidence in who Christ is through faith in your heart. This has, so it's a circumcision of the heart. It's like uh, taking it away anything that is keeping us from walking the newness of life that Jesus had for us. And they put in obstacles to these people. Yeah. And Paul said, like, no, 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 no. We there, don't put this physical obstacle. What we need to take it away it is any heart obstacles that keeps us from fully being devoted to Jesus. Yeah, I, I like this statement. It is the transformation of one's heart mm. through faith in Christ mm. that results in the old self being put off. Mm. Before it was, it was about this this piece being cut off as a sign of spiritual promise. Now it's a transformation of one's heart. That results in that old set, old flesh being put off, and, and that's what and, and salvation was is not and never was accomplished through good works of the law. It was through the mercy of God and His transforming work in our dead hearts. Yes, and and that's what they were trying to bring you back, bring you back good works. Well, you gotta be circumcised, you gotta obey the Torah, and it's like Paul's like, no, 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 there's something really you need to just. So, but then on verse twelve, he says these. Having been buried with him in baptism, in, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah, Paul uses the symbolism of baptism to show a picture, right? It's a mm-hmm. picture of a believer's life before and after conversion. Baptism is a symbol of the old life and sins being washed away represented by being immersed in the water and the new life in Christ coming up of the water. Romans, Paul talks about this very clearly in Romans, what, what this looks like, symbolism. So we need to also adhere to that too as well. It's not works per se, but it's being obedient. Yeah, uh, and, and I think, uh, I don't know what you, if, what you think about this. Uh, as Abraham and Sarah believed that God could bring life about through... Being sterile, is that the word? Sterile? Yeah, you could well, have babies. Well, infertile. Infertile. That is the word. Thank you, infertile. <laughs> Dang, what is sterile? Come to, Being what clean. The heck? <laughs> yeah, through infertility. I think uh, Jesus, uh, Christ, uh, believed in the work of God to bring him from death 
after after his uh, being dead in the dead in Christ after going to the cross and being dead for three days. That 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 same kind of action there of trusting God's word. We never think about these. Right? Jesus trusted in God that he would raise him from the dead mm. after he died. Right? We don't <laughs> think about that. Right? right? Because it's just not a thought that we usually have. Like, oh, God, Jesus knew all the time. I'm sure he knew all along, yeah. but he still had to trust God's word. I don't know how the conversation went in heaven there. Jesus, oh, yeah, God yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. okay, Jesus, go down there. And, well, somebody has to die. Just like, I, well, I, I think the biggest thing that you talk about, regardless whether he did it or not or was going to, is the obedience. Yes. Right. That, it's, it's all about obedience. But that's right? what uh, Abraham and Sarah did. Yes. Right? That, 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 that belief is obedience. Um, so he's co- kind of contrasting here, but not really, or not contrasting, but he, uh, putting those two together there. And then he continued to contrast Judaism and Christianity by showing that Christian baptize is kind of the same kind of expression that Judaism circumcision is, have a similar purpose. Making the covenant of a people who belong to God rather than the power and authorities of this age. Paul is concerned that in Colossae, certain liturgies have been vested with divine power and have become substitute to trust in Christ's work. So he's like, we baptism uh, serve as into an indication, an expression of your commitment to the covenant of God. But that doesn't mean that baptism saves you. It's just your expression that you put in faith in God, trusting that He would do for you what He said He would do. And again, it comes down to being obedient, right? Mm-hmm. To being obedient to what the Bible tells us and what the Bible teaches. And I think that's that's what's important to say. Paul says that what happens to us in baptism is, is verified and guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and then that's what he says, like, you know, you have been buried with him in baptism, uh, in which you also raised with him through faith, through faith, not through works, but not through baptism, it's like through faith, it's faith, faith that uh, in the powerful working of God, faith in the powerful work of God. I, I love the word powerful there in the Greek, is the word dynamos. Where the word dynamite came from, you know, dynamite, dynamite. Yeah. yeah. So, this word here, the root word that comes, says that dynamite. So, this dynamite of God, uh, which I love that, uh, yeah. I just love that. Um, and Paul does a really great job of painting this picture for us in Romans 8, right? So, if, if anyone wants to read that passage and go, you can see he's he clearly illustrates what, what, what's happening in this through fate as we go through this obedience of going down into the water, being buried with Christ, coming up with the water, being raised with Christ. And, and then from then we walk in the newness of life. Mm-hmm. And, and then he goes on to the next verse, which talks about, well, what, what's, what's the consequence of that? What are some of the things that happens as a result of that? And verse 13 tells us that you, uh, that you were dead in your transgression and your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him. Jesus, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. Yes, forgiven us of all of our trespasses, all of our... And verse 14 goes on and says, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. I really like that phrasing there because mm-hmm. it brings this idea of a legal... Uh, legal From a legal standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a debt from a legal standpoint, that's a debt that's owed. Yes. From this standpoint, we cannot pay that debt. Yes. Only Jesus could. 
Yes. Nothing that we can do on, on Well, we didn't have enough money in our banking account to be <laughs> no, able to No, no matter how much that. you save. And that's where the works things come in. Like, we think that we can add up all these works that we're doing that God's going to say, oh, you were so good. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. There's this idea of, of justification that comes in what Jesus has done. And then he justifies us. Again, another legal term. Yeah, this is all us. legal terms yes. you're talking about here. Yeah, He justifies us in the presence of God mm-hmm. if we are obedient, if we have been circumcised now mm-hmm. in the heart and being transformed and, and walking in the newness of life which he's given to us. And that's that's a promise here that Paul is, is hitting on. Yeah, and I think you're right on on the work of Christ for us and and how we don't get to we don't get to add to it. We don't get to participate in it. We just get to receive it and benefit. That's called what we call grace. We talk about this all mm-hmm. the time. Paul talks about God's grace, God's gift. This is a work of Christ on our behalf for us. We can't do nothing to add to it, to take away from it. It's already accomplished. It is finished. We talked about that last uh, on the last podcast, I believe. The last... The last which means you said it is finished it is, the work is yeah. done there is nothing can be added there's only this receiving and and that receiving is having forgiven us our transgressions, right like uh transgression some other translation will do our wrongdoings our mistakes our lapse our errors our uh, faults um uh that's what the, the, that word means our weaknesses our culpability uh the things that that means that we are guilty of he does have forgiven so so the forgiveness of sin is so important for people to understand in my opinion and belief and and, and can i pay, uh, can i draw your attention here then and all, all those who listen yeah. to us to the tense of it he says and you who were dead were dead in your trespasses on your wrongdoing, in your mistakes, you, you who are dead, an uncircumcision of the flesh, like, you were dead. Romans tells us, Paul tells us, the, the, the wage of sin is what? Death. Death. You were dead. Is there life in dead people? Nope. No. Is there breathing? Is there th- talking? Is there, what is dead, what is a dead body? It's lifeless. Lifeless. Carcass. Yeah. Is I know it's, this might be a little bit I don't know is melting to go back to where it, to return to where it uh, came from, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we decompose our body, it's that that body means it has no significance in a sense that it's like the body's dead, it's like yeah. lifeless, um, and so I, I I it's kind of it's kind of grotesque, but at the same time sad and death brings sadness and it's so such a heavy word for me you know yeah and, and that's why i like when you're pinging on the word were right because it, it is a it is a it is a state that you were in mm-hmm. see every person and here it is clear every person is spiritually dead prior to conversion amen I really like the idea of this word because it's a status thing. That's who you were, right? And every person, every person, no exceptions, Mm -hmm. prior to conversion, 
is dead. Amen. Spiritually dead. And Paul Amen. used this language as well in Ephesians 2, where he also talked about this is the way you once walked. Yes. And then he talks about it in that passage that we received it through the riches of God, which is a grace. Yes. And later on on that passage he, he used, that you quote in uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 1 and on, says that you have been saved by grace through faith. And this is not your own doing, which is what we were talking about. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His worksmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, all that you're saying, and we were saying before, Paul kind of illustrated these back in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. And so, he says, so dead, and you're trespassed, you were. But then now he says, God made alive together with Him. With Jesus. Like the same kind of life that was given to Jesus is the kind of life we are given. Yeah, he brings it back to, to the beginning, right? Yeah. When we were with God, mm -hmm. and then because of fall, because of sin, we were separated. That chasm between us, nothing we can do, that has now been removed because of what Jesus has done. And we are mm -hmm. back in relation with him. We mm -hmm. are back in relationship. We can come to him. We can be in his presence in a way that it wasn't before because of our sin. Yes. And then it says, because of the forgiveness, the forgiveness of your sin. Um, man, uh, we need to talk a little bit about forgiveness here, don't you think? Uh, yeah. How many of us don't believe in God's forgiveness of sin? Do you know what that word is? In, well, I, got in a, Greek? I got an interesting question for okay, you about ahead. this idea of forgiveness, right? Okay. It said, how can an all-knowing God forgive or forget what do you mean we say when you say you know when you forgive people uh -huh. you know he forgets you know oh yeah he but, says in psalm like yeah. in isaiah the, yeah. your uh, so, so how can an all-knowing god forget i think it's the matter is is as that is a trick question sure he he chooses to Oh, for sure. He chooses to not to hold that against us. Oh, I like it's that. It's the same way you and I, when we're hurt by people, right? Mm -hmm. when, we're, when we're going through difficult things, mm -hmm. it's a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. For sure. That we have to make if because the Bible talks about the same forgiveness that we have received, we have to offer it to others as well, right? Yeah, I was just reading the other day the, <laughs> the, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I think it was the Luke version. I don't remember if it was the Luke version, the Matthew version. But in the bottom there it says... If you forgive, because if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have gone that far, whatever I was reading that for. I don't remember anymore. And it's a great reminder that it's like, you know what? Forgiveness, if you if it is not released, I don't know why is it. I mean, we can talk about it. It's, it's on Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. It says, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, their wrongdoers, the, their fault, the, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, is that a conditional? Well, he says, for if. If it's a conditional it's clause. It's a conditional clause. Yeah, yeah. if you forgive others, uh, their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. So if you forgive, you'll be forgiven. But if you do not forgive others, their transgressions, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. That's awesome. That's, that's a passion a lot of people don't like. I know. That's <laughs> scary right there. But I think the, I think the whole idea with forgiveness, though, as we, we kind of started this set talking about, mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's, it is a biblical command. It's a biblical thing, right, to, to forgive. But that doesn't mean 
that you allow the people who you are forgiving to continue to harm you, to continue to do things against you. You have made a choice to forgive, releasing that, releasing the person, releasing yourself from all of that. And then it allows you to fully and truly experience God because that's what God does for us. The, the, the thing about forgiveness, Danny, I agree with you completely. I forget, uh, but, but forgiveness has also to do with you. Yeah. Much more than it has to do with the person. Uh, you know, forgiveness has to do with you not being resentful, not being angry, not having a negative feeling towards someone who being has bitter, harmed you. Creates yeah. bitterness. It's about you, you know. Forgiveness is important for, for several reasons. Uh, one, it can lead you to healing and emotional well-being. When we hold on to anger and resentment towards someone who has hurt us, it creates some sense of emotional burden and stress. Forgiveness can help us release those for negative feelings and move uh, us from a, from a state of being hurtful to finding healing. Forgiveness improves our relationships. When we forgive someone who has wronged us, it can create opportunity for reconciliation to take place. God forgives us so that we can have He can reconcile. There is no reconciliation without forgiveness, and God knows that is part of the the whole deal. So. God couldn't be like, I'm not forgiving you, and, and but I want to reconcile with you. There's no, th- th- that's not possible. Forgiveness allows for reconciliation, restoration, and trust to take place. It can also help us let it grow of grudges and resentment and, and of the damaged relationship over time, for sure. Uh, it, it leads to personal growth and development. Forgiveness allows us to mature, uh, to 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 developing us empathy and compassion and understanding. I mean, forgiveness is important for so many reasons, and I think one of the most important one of that is the spiritual connotation, the spiritual concept of it. You can't be reconciled with God if you're not forgiven. God knew that. So. Yeah, it, it's 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 a spiritual roadblock that you have to get over, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to forgive. And I like what the verse says in verse 14 says, cancel the record of debt that stood against us. So so God canceled that record of debt that stood against us by forgiving us. Mm-hmm. So we too must also cancel the record of debt that we hold against people. That's right. And and, and, and what where do we do? We nail it to the Jesus nailed us up to the cross. So we in a sense, metaphorically, is nailing all things to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Lay will on his food, we say God will deal time. with it. God yeah. will sort it out. So many times we want to be judge, jury, and executioner on things, right? Judge, jury, yeah. I, I like Judge Matthews. <laughs> Ma- Matthews. Matthews. No, I not Judge was... Judy. I said Judge, oh. jury, and executioner. Oh, I thought you yeah. said Judge Judy. Like, no, let no, him know that no. little lady. Yeah, I know you're talking like, about. Judge Judy, no, no, no. like, we want to judge people. No, out no. Okay. We, we want to be the judge. We want to be the jury. We want to execute them. Oh, judge, jury, executioner. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Jesus. No. <laughs> Man, come on, man. You were talking about Judge Judy right there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> They're listening back. Let's so, hear it. <laughs> so go back. Say it again. So I don't no, I said, I'm you just saying. You want to be the judge. The jury and the execution. Okay. That but is that's so not, true. No, we have to leave it to God. Whoa. It's a hard thing to do, but that's where spiritual growth comes well, in. Well, I don't want to forgive people. I want a vindication. I want revenge. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? Somebody hurt me. Guess what? I have the right to do what, Denny? To hurt them back. Get them it is my hey, right. Eye for an eye, right? <laughs> an eye for an eye. That's exactly it right there. An eye for an eye. And that's so sad that people tend to believe and to walk in that way. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, forgiveness is important. It Man, is it's important it's a hard thing. I I leads to healing, improvement, really. Yeah. In I, I don't think there's anyone. There is no one that says they've got this down pat. We're all working. We're on this journey of learning how to forgive. Yeah. Right. And it, no one's saying here like you have to do it right away. It's a journey. It's a process. I do think that if people think they have it, um, if people think that. Um, Forgiveness comes easy, uh, they are mistaken. Forgiveness is, is costly and it's hard for sure, but it's still necessary. Mm -hmm. Still a command. Uh, if you want to have peace in your life and healing, you must forgive. Um, not easy though. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, there's a lot of like sayings about forgiveness and things like that. I think the idea behind that is that you were forgiven, forgive as you have been forgiven, you know? Amen. Yeah. And I think, could, could it be, I know we're beating this a little bit too much. Could it be that uh, we don't forgive people because we don't feel like God has forgiven us or that God can oh, forgive us for the things we have done in the past so we can hold that on, God is holding that over me so I can hold that over people? Yeah. Shame, shame robs us of a lot of the joys that God has for us, a lot of the mm -hmm. promises that God has for us because as a result of our sin, we feel shame. Mm -hmm. And when we feel shame, it's hard to let go of that shame. But, you know, mm -hmm. God has called us to, to, to lay that against Him. He has covered that. But you're right. It is a hard concept for us to truly believe. And I think in the back of our minds, we have this, like, what if? Sure. Like, you know, like, what if? Or oh, is, is my sin... I, I, and the hardest part to do with that, I believe, is that you have to forgive yourself. A lot of times we don't figure up ourselves for the things that we do, right? Mm -hmm. We have to like recognize, like, listen, I was wrong. It was a different time in my life. I'm a new creature now. Yeah. Everything, God has reset it. Mm -hmm. You've give, given a blank slate. No longer do you still look at the old thing. You look at the old thing and recognize how much, how God has been good to you. Mm -hmm. Right? And you're right. A lot of people fall. I think a lot of majority will fall into that category. They, they just don't believe that God can truly forgive me. Of the things that I have done. So therefore, I, yeah. So, yeah. And then we reach the last verse of this podcast, which is verse 15. Which for me, it is a cool verse. It says, He, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. That's basically what Paul is saying is that Jesus made a fool of Satan. Yeah. Of the enemy. If he thought he was going to win, uh, he did not. Um, yeah, this is, might be a little bit of an extreme example, but um, mm -hmm. let's if, if someone if somebody has a gun pointed at you, whether it's loaded or not, okay, it's a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's loaded or not, it's a big deal. See, the enemy doesn't want you to know that he has no bullets. <laughs> <laughs> His gun has been that empty. Is true, <laughs> he that has is so true. It has been emptied by the cross. That's what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. I disarmed the guy. He has no power. He has no power. Yeah, and, and I, so I was going to say that, focus on that word. I'm glad he did that. The word disarm, like, mm -hmm. it means he has no weapons. And, and um, uh, we read it in, in the Bible, uh, in, in Isaiah says that no weapons forged against us will prosper. Well, because they have no effective against us. Uh, they have been, the enemy has been stripped out of any any accusation, any judgment, any pointing finger over us, yeah. we are we are free. We are blameless. There is God, Jesus paid for the for for the debt that we owe. The enemy cannot say, "Well, there is still one cent left." 
all of it paid. Jesus took all of that. Yeah, and this goes back to the idea, like, if you don't truly believe that you have been forgiven, that you no longer have shame, the enemy knows that. Mm -hmm. And he's going to use that against you. But we have to hold on to the truth that our debt has been paid. Christ suffered and he nailed it to the cross. The idea of this nailing to the cross, I was going to say this earlier when we talked about, um, when a person was executed under Roman law, the sentence of what they did was was nailed to the accuser's cross. Okay. And 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 essentially, Jesus took our sentence away, and he nailed it with him on his cross. Yes. Like this is everything that everything is held against you. So the idea of that, like we no longer have that against us. So stop letting the enemy make you think that you're not forgiven, that you mm. that you're still living in shame and fear, mm. and giving him power that he doesn't have. He doesn't yes. have power. He's been disarmed. He's running around with a toy gun. <laughs> and, and 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 sometimes we're the one arming the enemy back. By giving him power. Yes, giving him power. And I love that because uh, that you bring that up because it's like most of us are empowering the enemy to attack us. God has taken it all up and we're giving him ammunition back. And God's like, stop it. <laughs> it's, don't. Yeah. You got blanks. Hold on to these. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly. It's sad. Uh, the word rulers there has a, a spiritual connotation. It's arche, the, the Greek word. That is a spiritual connotation, and the authorities has more of a ruler connotation, like as into in this world, uh, having power in this in, in earthly. So uh, is as if you know Paul is saying there is no authority here or spiritual that has anything that can uh, has any power, any ammunition towards uh, God's people, those who Jesus has made alive. Um, and then he goes on and says, put them to open shame. Uh, I like that statement because uh, to disgrace them great publicly, which means all that Jesus did was a public thing. Jesus did everything in front of people uh, and then triumphed uh, over them. And that word triumph there has this idea of parade, right? And it goes back to Second uh, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, I, once again, verse 16, that expresses that. Uh, once again, that God reconciled us, that He made them, uh, uh, disgraced them uh, openly uh, by triumphing over them. Uh, so uh, it goes even back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, uh, that Paul highlights that once again. So yeah, the, um, Jesus not only did the work of forgiveness, He's also showed the enemy uh, how it is done, and the enemy had nothing left to say or to do. He was humiliated, um, which I kind of like that. Yeah, completely defeated, you know. Amen. Uh, the only power the enemy has is the power that you give to him. Mm. And um, we have been saved, we have been washed, we have been redeemed. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we don't have to fear. We don't have to live in fear. We live in the truth. And the truth is that God has forgiven you. He's canceled your debt. You once were in darkness that we talked about. The word thing is a tense thing. Mm -hmm. That's not your present state. Mm -hmm. That is a past old state, and God holds that and not, does not hold that against you. Mm -hmm. We've been justified in Christ, and because of that, enemy has no power over us. So stop giving him power. Stop giving him ammunition to, to come against you, to come against your family, to come against the things that, that God has for you. We need to... Stand firm in the truth that Paul is trying to teach us here, trying to re teach the, the Colossians. And we talked about this idea in the last podcast that, you know, they're the first generation of, 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 of walking in the early church. We have to 
not let that what they stood for fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. We have to hold on to the truth, the gospel truth, and what Paul is highlighting to us here. Yeah. Well, I think that was it, then. Yeah, it was a good one. I it's, like it's, this it's, one. That was good. It's, yeah, it's a little bit shorter one, you know, but you know, we make we'll make up for and, it. And and this is something that we are living right now, right? The yeah. whole idea of forgiveness and and being forgiven and forgiving people. I mean, there's always people hurting us, and I think that was a good reminder for us that not to hold a grudge. Not to be bitter. Uh, if you want a peace, you need to forget to forgive, and, and to if you want a healing, you need to find peace that only comes through through forgiveness. We gotta have this empathy and compassion, and understanding that only forgiveness can bring. And and I think that's good. It's a good lesson for us right now, uh, uh, as we uh, are living life on earth. So. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Good. I like that. Don't give the enemy any weapon. No, no. He's been this arm. He's running around with toy guns. That's right. (laughs) Gotta remember that. Uh, Well, that's all we really had for this one. We hope that you enjoyed this this segment of the podcast. Please uh, continue to engage with us on all of the areas of sermon, Bible study. Uh, the worship, the worship has been excellent. I know the that worship song, though, dude. How good is that song? Hey, I love the worship song. It's restoring all things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what this passage talks about. God is restoring all things. You know, it's about you no longer have to live in that way. You know, you know. There's a line in the song that talks about um, there's earthly thrones, mm-hmm. but God has all authority. Yes, over all. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. The worship team did an excellent job on that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Uh, you get a chance to listen and worship with us. So. But really, that, that's all we have for this episode. Uh, thank you again for joining us. As we always say, good luck. Have a great one. <laughs>